Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... To be the man, you gotta beat the man. The two one swung line drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Green. He's the front of the plate. He is. Nice. Nice run. This is the Powers on Sports podcast. Welcome back, Powers on Sports podcast. Appreciate you finding us. I'm your host, Jason, down in Tampa. Want to say, just want to make everybody aware, we did make, I did make it through the hurricane okay down here in Tampa. We were very nervous earlier in the week. Thought we were going to get a direct hit. Unfortunately, we did not, but the people obviously in Southwest Florida, Naples, Fort Myers area, not so fortunate. Just want to say all of our prayers and, and thoughts to those people down there, as well as all throughout the state of Florida. There's been a lot of damage with this storm some horrific flooding and storm surge and such, especially in the in the Fort Myers, Naples area. Uh, again, just a shout out to all those people and and we're thinking about you. It's going to be a, a long road back for some people. And again, we're just thinking about you and hopefully we can try to provide a little uh, a little entertainment for you and a little uh, levity, a little 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 uh, fun talk about some football and some other sports here on the podcast. Um, Got a good episode for you this week. Great episode, actually. We're going to talk to Super Bowl champion Brad Johnson, former Buccaneers quarterback, Super Bowl 37 champion. We're going to talk to him about quarterback play throughout the NFL and college football. His son, Max, is the starting quarterback at Texas A&M. So we're going to get on, into a lot of topics involving quarterback play. Uh, so I think you'll, you guys will find that very interesting to, to, to listen to, to Brad break down his thoughts on the quarterback play throughout the NFL and college football and all the different inside, behind-the-curtain things that go into making a great quarterback, uh, both at the college level and the NFL level. So also going to hear from Jim Levitt. Jim's going to give us his uh, a quick little summary of his Aaron Rodgers and, and Tom Brady history when he was in the NFL. He's actually coached Levitt as undefeated versus both those guys. We're going to hear a little clip from Coach Levitt about uh, his experiences playing against Rodgers and Tom Brady as well. So uh, two good interview spots for you, and I'm going to give you some thoughts here uh, as we as we as we lead into the interviews on baseball, a little, some fancy football. I'm even going to give you some uh, football picks for the weekend. So Aaron Judge at the time of this recording has 61 home runs. He tied uh, Roger Maris. On Wednesday night up in Toronto, so he has reached 61. He went on; he was on a little bit, bit of a drought. He'd gone six or seven games without homering, but he homers on Wednesday night to get to 61. Now we'll see. I believe he's got six or seven games left to get to 62. So we will see how long it takes him if he can reach 62 immortality. But again, good moment last night up in Toronto. Roger Maris Jr. was there. His son who I actually have a little bit of a, of a prior history with. He actually used to live next to my father at his apartment complex in Tampa a long, long time ago when I was a little kid. 
I was probably 12 or 13 years old, Roger Marish Jr. lived right next door to my dad at the apartment complex in Tampa. So uh, a little Roger Maris history for you there. But uh, he'll be on board. And again, good moment last night with Maris. Again, lots of chatter about what's the home run record. I think most people think that 61 is the record. Obviously, uh, Bonds and Bonds has passed that. But uh, Bonds, Sosa, and McGuire were above 61. But again, most everybody believes that steroids were involved there. And most a lot of people don't think that is the actual record. Most A lot of people think 61 is the record. I tend to agree with that because it's clear that uh, Bonds, Sosa, and McGuire were all uh, illegally using steroids in their pursuit of the record. Again, still doesn't, uh, you know, you still have to put bat to ball. I get it. You still have to hit the ball square to get the ball out of the ballpark. But again, the steroid error was a big factor there. So hopefully Judge will break the record here over the weekend so he doesn't have to sweat it out the last couple days of the year. Uh, the baseball playoffs are going to start a week from Friday uh, with the with the wild card rounds. We're going to we've got a tremendous race in the NL East, Braves Mets, to see who's going to be the division winner and uh, getting get the weaker of the, the going to get to play the St. Louis Cardinals. The loser of the Braves and the Mets will have to play the Dodgers in a wild card round, which will be very challenging in LA. Remember, the wild card. Uh, higher seeds get to host all three games in the in the wild card round. We won't go we won't go two games in one park and one in the other. All three games will be in the higher seeds ballpark in the American League. It looks like it's going to be uh, Tampa, Toronto, and then Seattle is the wild cards. And it looks like Seattle's probably going to go to Cleveland, and then Tampa and Toronto are probably going to play each other. We'll see who who ends up hosting, but that looks like that's what the matchup's going to be uh, as of the time of this recording on late in the week here. So again, good the baseball playoffs will get started a week from Friday. We will have some coverage for you next week as well. I'm looking to, I think we're going to have a former major league closer is going to be kind of joining us to break down the playoff matchup. So be looking out for that. Again, uh, I think we're going to have a, I think, I think I've got it lined up to have a, Former all-star closer is going to be our baseball analyst for the playoffs. So, again, you'll hear his breakdown next week of the playoff matchup. So, all right, again, Hurricane uh, Ian tribute. Uh, just make sure, again, thoughts and prayers out to all those people. Uh, the Tampa-Kansas City game has been officially announced. It's going to stay in Tampa for Sunday night football, NBC. Uh, t- again, Tampa, we, we avoided a major uh, hit. Uh, we did have some plenty of rain and some wind, but not much damage. So they are going to be able to get that game in in Raymond James Stadium Sunday night. So I think that's good for NBC and the league. You don't want that Brady and Mahomes matchup being played in Minneapolis in an empty stadium. So you'll have a, a full crowd here in Tampa, Raymond James, Sunday night. Uh, and again, there'll be a lot of emotion in the building with the hurricane and all that good stuff. So um, good for the NFL and good for the, that we're in Tampa that we didn't take the brunt of it enough to where the game had to be moved so uh college football wise it's a pretty good weekend of college matchups there's five top 25 matchups headlined by bama and arkansas in fayetteville uh bama's 17 and a half point favorites you got fsu wake forest uh you got a good matchup there you got kentucky and ole miss you have a good matchup michigan and iowa up in iowa city is a kind of a sneaky good matchup as well, undefeated Kansas, still undefeated. Unbelievable. They're 4-0, looking to continue their awesome play. You got Baylor and Oklahoma State playing, which is a pretty good matchup. 
as well. So some good college football uh, matchups as we pretty much get into the heart of conference season starting this week. Here for the rest of the way, for most everybody. Our third head coach in college football has been let go. Jeff Collins, co coach at Georgia Tech, was fired on Monday along with the athletics director. They've really struggled the last two and a half years he's been there. Um, again, struggle city uh, in Atlanta for the for the Yellow Jackets. A couple names you've heard bandied around. Maybe D is Deion Sanders a serious candidate? Who knows? But he does have pedigree in Atlanta, obviously playing for the Falcons. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets any kind of serious run. He'd be a big name as far as getting some recruits and all that stuff and putting some pizzazz in the Georgia Tech program. So we'll see where Georgia Tech goes from here on that front. But again, third head coach behind Scott Frost and Herm Edwards are out. Now it's Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech. So uh, NFL schedule, There's some. There's, I got four good matchups starting off Thursday night. You may have already, this game may have already been played by the time you've listened, but Cincinnati hosts Miami. Miami 3-0, coming off the, the big win against Buffalo. Cincinnati gets off the snide, 1-2. Again, big game for Cincinnati, I think. I think Cincinnati needs to win this game. They should win this game. Miami should be tired and fatigued. They were on the field for a ton of plays against Buffalo on Sunday in that heat. Two is iffy. Waddle's iffy. They're, they're, they're banged up if you're Miami. I think Cincinnati's got a clear advantage here. Um, and I do like Cincinnati in the game. You got Sunday, you got Baltimore-Buffalo in Baltimore. Very interesting matchup. Buffalo, th three-point favorite on the road, which is a little surprising to me. But Lamar Jackson playing great. Josh Allen uh, came up a little light in the keister last week in Miami. Uh, botched the end of the first half. Did not play well in the last drive as far as throwing the fourth down ball in the, in the dirt. Very interesting matchup in Baltimore. Can Buffalo contain Lamar Jackson? Can Baltimore's pass defense hold up against the Buffalo passing attack? And, and by the way, Ken Dorsey, don't act like a, a seven-year-old child, petulant child. That was a very, very, and I know it's an emotional game and you're you're into it, but you can't act like a, like a five-year-old in the press box last week if you're Ken Dorsey when Josh Allen throws a one-hopper on fourth down into the ground and you lose. You know, you could be upset, but you can't act like an absolute fool, and he did. Uh, hopefully that you won't ever see that again out of him. But uh, that's a good matchup. you got Kansas City and the Bucks Sunday night, Mahomes and Brady. Bucks coming off a loss at home. Kansas City coming off a loss. Will be interesting. Uh, decent chance that Godwin is back playing, as well as Donovan Smith. Mike Evans will be back from suspension. Again, the key question is, is can the Bucks? Keep up the great defensive effort against Mahomes, and that can, can the Kansas City defense hold up against the Bucks if they have a full complement of receivers, especially if Godwin comes back along with Evans, Gage, and company in the running game of Fournette. So it would be an interesting game. I like Tampa there at home. I think the emotion of the hurricane week. Remember, Tampa has had to move their operations this week to Miami to practice, to get out of the, the harm's way of the storm. But the game will be in Tampa Sunday night. I think it will be an emotional Electric atmosphere with Mahomes coming to town. So I like the Bucks there. And then Monday night, you got the Rams and the 49ers. Big NFC West showdown in San Francisco. Jimmy G, first home start. Again, they struggled last week in Denver. They go down to Denver 11-10. Uh, the Rams looked good last week. They won last week. Um, but again, can Jimmy G get it together, get it, get it going a little bit in San Francisco? They've struggled on offense. They should have their full complement. Kittle, Debo, uh, the defense is really good for both teams. So it'll be interesting. This will be an interesting battle between Shanahan and McVay. 
Monday Night Football. We'll see if Jimmy G can get back in the groove a little bit uh, from that perspective. A couple fantasy notes, a couple guys I want you to keep your eye on out for. Remember, David Montgomery got hurt for the Bears last week at running back Khalil Herbert. If you haven't already picked him up or if he's available, scoop him up. He is a good-looking running back for the Bears. Ran for like 150 yards last week against the Texans. I don't expect uh, Montgomery to play this week, but Khalil Herbert, very good option at running back. Sneaky good receiver so far through three weeks. He's a rookie in New Orleans, Chris Alave. Remember, New Orleans and Minnesota are playing in London this week. The signs are pointing towards Andy Dalton starting for New Orleans. Jameis has got an injury. Jarvis Landry nicked up. Mike Thomas nicked up. And Olave's played really well for the first three weeks. Uh, so look out for Chris Olave. If he's available in your league, I would definitely pick him up and potentially start him this week for sure because if Thomas is nicked up, Olave is going to be the number one option. Tight end, a, a kind of a behind, off the radar guy, Will Disley in Seattle. What is a Disley? Are you kidding me? Um, he's he's got he's caught a lot of balls. Geno Smith seems to like him. He's he's kind of the outlet guy for Seattle. You know you got DK, you got Lockett, but again Disley's been getting a lot of balls from Geno Smith in Seattle. So if you're looking for a tight end option for a one week solution or a, kind of a sneaky good player, Will Disley, tight end Seattle. All right, give you some picks on the way out the door before we get to Brad Johnson. Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback. Some picks in the college world. I like Baylor minus the two. I like Arkansas plus the 17, 17 and a half. In the NFL, like Pittsburgh minus three and a half against the Jets. Zach Wilson's first game in, in New York. We expect him to be a little rusty. I would expect, again, pressure on, on Mitch Trubisky big time. Coming off the poor performance on Thursday night, I expect at home, I, the Jets are not very good. I like Pittsburgh at home. Najee, Trubisky and company to do just enough. Minus the three and a half. I like the Bucks, like I mentioned. Pick them at home. Uh, and I also like Las Vegas to get off the snide. They're 0-3. They've lost three tough games. Desperation time for Las Vegas against Denver. Denver's still struggling. Defense is pretty good. Wilson's do, doing okay. But I think Las Vegas will find a way at home. Minus a two and a half to get it done. So... There's some picks for you. Uh, again, enjoy Brad Johnson and Jim Levitt giving some, some, some good football talk this week as well. And be on the lookout next week. We're going to have Major League Closer breaking down the baseball playoffs for you as we lead into the wild card round. So we'll be right back on the Powers on Sports podcast in just a minute with Brad Johnson. The Powers on Sports, Florida Football Insiders, and No Quarter Given Podcast is presented by Beefo Brady's on the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue in Tampa over in the Forest Hills, Carrollwood area. For all your catering needs, group events, reach out to Beefo Brady's. They can definitely take care of you. If you want to go watch some football on a Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and even Monday night, I definitely recommend Beefo Brady's corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue, as well as Hank's Barbecue on Northdale Mabry, just north of Waters Avenue, and Home Slice Pizza Company, which is also right next to the Beefo Brady's on Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue. So for all of your football watching needs or catering needs, whether it's barbecue, pizza, or Beefo Brady's, reach out to TJ Maloof and tell him the Powers on Sports podcast sent you. Special thanks to our partners at Print and Marketing Solutions 
and realtor Star Alvarado. If you are looking to sell your home or are looking to purchase a home anywhere in the Tampa Bay area, from Tampa to St. Pete to Wesley Chapel and everywhere in between, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. She will be a great advocate for you on both the selling side and the purchasing side of the real estate transaction. So Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. Print and Marketing Solutions. Do you have a corporate event? Do you have golf tournaments? Are you involved in an election? Do you need signs, banners, road signs? Uh, Do you need marketing pieces? Do you need color copies, business cards, everything in between? Reach out to Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Todd's located off of the the intersection of Lineball and Gun Highway over in Carrollwood. He is a full-service print and digital marketing supplier. Anything you need in the print and print needs, Todd can help you. So reach out to Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887, Print and Marketing Solutions. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast. We have got a real pleasure this week for you, Buck fans, football fans, fans from all over the world. We've got Super Bowl champion quarterback Brad Johnson, 17-year NFL veteran, Super Bowl 37 champion of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is going to join us. We're going to talk quarterback play. We're going to talk talk a little Coach Bowden. We're going to talk about his TikTok career, man. He is a TikTok superstar at Big Bad Brad 14 on TikTok. Welcome back, Brad Johnson. Hey, Jace. Appreciate you reaching out, buddy. We'll have a lot of fun. Tell some stories here and see where it goes, man. Let's, let's do it. That's right. First, we're going to give a little shout-out. Brad's son is the starting quarterback of Texas A&M. He's heading over to Starkville this weekend for a little SEC West showdown in Stark, Vegas. Looking forward to the trip over to Stark, Vegas? No doubt about it. Um, it's crazy. I mean, actually, Max was there at uh, in Starkville last year, but he was in a different purple and gold color with LSU. So right. going back to back, uh, all these games are kind of crazy in the SEC. Last week they had a crazy one in uh, – the Jerry's world over there in Dallas with Arkansas and the doink and the whole thing. And then, but Mississippi state, it's going to be a great challenge. So head over there. I'm like every other parent and fan and trying to find a parking spot and eat popcorn and, and uh, hopefully uh, uh, Aggies come out with a win. How's, how's Miss Nikki handling all the stress? You doing all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy as a parent. I mean, you know, people just watching games, but you got to realize, you know, so much goes on with raising kids. We have two kids there at, know, at right? Texas and with Jake. He's had a little injury, so he's kind of recovering from that. So you're kind of dealing with the motions of both of them, you know, and just – but, you know, you're also dealing with school and football right. and everything that goes along with it. So a lot lot happening there, but uh, hopefully come away with a win and be happy for another six days. <laughs> Speaking of college, I want to get your thoughts. I know we haven't talked since Coach Bowden passed away. Give me just You played for Coach Bowden, obviously, at Florida State back in the heyday, just give your thoughts on Coach Bowden and just what that program and he meant to you and your development as a pro quarterback and such. Yeah, I, I think it's just first class. I mean, you think about college sports today, I mean, it's crazy. And I, I remember I remember when he first got there, when I first got there, he had like 165 wins, something like that. And then when he got his 200th win, we thought it was like, holy smokes. I mean, that was, it was just <laughs> off the charts at that point. And then but he and, and honestly, that day he, he called a meeting, and I, I've told the story before. But I thought he was going to retire. I told my roommate Gene Halp. I said, Gene, he, he called a meeting about thirty minutes beforehand. I'm like, Gene, he, I got a feeling he may retire today. Like I, I don't know, man. 
And uh, he actually called us in there early and he gave his testimony where you just don't hear those. You just don't hear that in college. I mean, from college coaches and stuff that would take time away from practice and, you know, but his life, his legacy was to pass it on to us. And I think about one of the coolest moments I had was when they named the field Bobby Bowden Field. And we, we gathered as, as, as players from the goalpost all the way to the 50-yard line and 10 rows back. And wow. we weren't talking about the 360-odd games he had won or the, the national championships or the – you know, we are talking about how he impacted our lives, generations to come, right. uh, how we've become dads and fathers and coaches and people in the community and, and the legacy that he left with us to pass it on to our family and to others. So – Incredible say he's my coach and and uh, I was at his funeral also and it was uh it was unbelievable to go through that experience too. But just the, the stories that were told and the impact that he had on all of us, not just players, but uh, just people in general. Right. No, you're right. He's, he was a tremendous guy. And like I said, just the, the 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 impact, forget the football stuff, it's all the stuff away from football that he that it's you don't get as much today in the college experience as you did 20 years ago, 25 years ago, that you're not getting because of NIL and transfers. And I mean, you were there with your guys were four or five year guys were all there. There weren't very few transfers back in the day. I mean, very few guys, you fought through the adversity. If you weren't playing as much as you didn't want, as you, as you liked, you worked harder, you know, the coach tried to inspire you to do better and all that. We're now it's just a different world. It is. But he somehow, I, I mean, we had like nine running backs, like, <laughs> And, and all, all good. They, and they were all they good. All, they were all Americans. They were all playing the pros. Like, how do you make it work? And then all of us as quarterbacks, how do you make it work? It was, it was a different time. I don't know if that would – it's not going to happen in these in these times. It's just sometimes you got to go along with us. But in uh, his coaches, they all stayed there. You know what right. I mean? And when right. he had family nights on, on Tuesday night where the parents – I mean, Wednesday nights where the, they'd bring in their families and eat dinner with the players. Like, it was real. It was, it was something to be special. And, and I remember actually, you know, obviously uh, Mark Ricks, my brother-in-law, and he was at Georgia, Miami for a long time as a head coach. So he did the same thing there at Georgia and passed it on. So um, you, you you talk about the mustard seed. It was, it was, it was real with Coach Bowden and then Coach Rick, and, and the list goes on. Absolutely. All right, Brad was a ninth-round draft pick in the 92 draft. I want to talk about a couple quarterback things for you. Talk about the difference for you and even today and even back then. The, the transition to pro football from being a, a late round pick, like kind of you were, as opposed to these guys today that are first round picks that are expected to come in, be ready to play day one. Just talk about the transition and the expectations that maybe we as fans probably have unrealistic expectations for these guys to be able to come in and be ready to play today. Yeah, the the game the game has changed. The game's I mean, it starts in middle school. Like you know, now you don't see kids take a snap from underneath center. Okay, and then, but it's almost year round with combine training and camps and spring football and summer football and seven on seven leagues. So, I do think kids are more prepared to play, especially at the quarterback position, than we were back in the day. We were playing two and three multiple sports, and right. But you know, you know, the video games, all that stuff's coming to play. Okay, so um, seven on seven. I'm like, what is seven on seven coming out of high school? I, I didn't get it. Now there's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's <laughs> you're doing it from sixth grade on. So. Um, I do think guys are more prepared coming out of college, but also for me as a ninth rounder, I'll say this, I didn't play much at Florida state. And when I came to the pros, I wasn't really ready to play. Could I throw? Yes. Was I ready to handle a huddle? I remember the first play I got the first time I got in a huddle in my training camp, 
I, I the play is called Double Right Check with me, and I'm like Double Right Check. Uh, check uh, and I remember Mike Tice, who later became my head coach. He's like he ripped. I ain't gonna say it on here, but he ripped <laughs> me now. He ripped me. Okay, and he says, "Son, when you get in the huddle with grown men, you better be able to speak up. Yeah, and you better be able to call a play in the huddle. You better get my respect, me to run my route, me to do my job, because you got to be able to call a play in the huddle." And, right. And so now I think kids are a little bit more prepared, but. Also, when I look at Super Bowl champions, I'm going to be honest with you, okay? So, Aaron Rodgers, he sat for three years. Brett Favre, he sat for a year in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, Steve Young, he sat. Um, Tom Brady, he sat. Yeah. Uh, Eli Patrick Manning, Mah- he Patrick sat. Mahomes Patrick Mahomes sat a year. Yes, he did. Sat 15 games. And and so, and I think there's just an evolution of just kind of learning the game. Eli Manning, the list goes on. Yeah. And so, when your time is ready, your time is ready. But I'm also like, for an organization, hopefully they don't throw these guys in the fire too fast when their time is written. And you got to be, you got at some point, yeah, you do got to get out there. Okay. But to be able to handle it at that level is a little bit different. And you don't want to scar a kid too early when his time is ready, his time is ready. And, um, and so that's the greatness to those organizations that don't fall into temptations of the fans, the record, do what's right by the kid. For the for his long haul for your organization, that's the greatness of a GM and a head coach. Give me a couple traits. What what are the two or three traits that you really think are vital to make a good pro quarterback? You better have grit. You better be tough. You better be able to handle adversity. Um, some guys throw a better spiral than others. Right. Okay. <laughs> but better be a game manager too. You better under, you better be able to call a play in the huddle. You better be great walkthroughs. You better be great note taker. You better have leadership skills. And you know what? Um, and as a quarterback, you got to be accurate with the ball, great decision maker, be great on third downs, and be great in clutch situations. That's a lot to be great about. Okay. Sure. So it's a hard position. It's a hard it position it, in sports. It is. And so for me, you better find out who the kid is. When you draft him, find out who the kid is. What and the first the very first question I'm going to ask you, what toughness, what adversity have you been through? Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a tough the, position. Talk, talk about so. the meticulous detail that just during a, a week of preparation on a Tuesday night at nine o'clock at night, yeah. you as a starting quarterbacks doing your, whether you're sitting by yourself or with your other guys, just talk about some of the meticulous little things that have to go into to make a quarterback to be able to make that third down throw or to make that goal line read or check or whatever. Audible at the line of screen. Yeah. I, I do think there's a, there's a there's a fine line there. I do. I, I, you can't watch film for 27 hours a day. Okay, <laughs> you can't you, you can't get stressed out about it either. You gotta you gotta one. You gotta know your system first. Know your system. Know your plays. Know your players, and then you can dive into more of the other opponent. And then you gotta trust your coaches and calling great plays. But you know, I, I think the you know I would spend as much time on my game plan just how to call the play in the huddle, cover three, I'm throwing to this side, cover two, I'm throwing this side. Where's my fourth? Where's my fifth eligible? Right. Uh, as far as getting guys out, what's my audible? What are my right. audible that's, packages that's the in, the, in these looks? What's the check if they're blitzing or what's the yeah. check if they drop out? Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't always have to be a perfect play. It doesn't always have to be a touchdown or audible. Sometimes it's just don't waste plays, don't waste time. And so let's let's get, you know, first and 10, let's get to second and six. Let's get to third and short instead of third and eight. Like, those are the things and then be able to convert on all those things. So, but yeah, you, you gotta be, you gotta be accountable for yourself. Number one, um, as a, as a quarterback, knowing the plays, 
knowing where everybody's at, get them lined up, and then, you know. But it's it's a it's definitely a weekly schedule that you have to go through. It's a grind, and somewhere you do have to find a balance. So just sometimes you need to you know go to Outback and have a good steak too. You know what I mean, <laughs> and a nice beer and a cold. Yeah, and, yeah a few of them. <laughs> Talk about did you ever play? Did you ever play in a game, whether it was with the Bucks or anybody else, where a hurricane was was bearing down on where you were at, and you had to change, you had to move, and you know, like the Bucks this week are moving to Miami. You ever you were in a situation like that during your career? I can't think of anything crazy like that. I do remember just change of practice, a change of schedule, uh, those kind of things. But you know, you always when I was in Minnesota, we had Denny Green, who was our head coach, and he's you know he's always talking about. He'd make us go on a couple of long trips in, in preseason. Uh, we'd, we'd go scrimmage to Saints in Wisconsin. We'd go scrimmage to Kansas City Chiefs. We'd get on a bus ride at 4 in the morning, go over there, deal with it, practice twice, and get back at midnight and then practice the next morning. But try to make it some adversity, something that was just odd for you because you are going to have to deal with different situations. Obviously, the Bucks and Chiefs are going through that this week with uh, – Game potentially might be, you know, they had to go to Miami and potentially might go to Minnesota. Who knows where it's going to be played at? But right. uh, change is always happening um, with transactions on the with players on the field and with location. It can happen too. All right. You listen to the Powers on Sports podcast with Brad Johnson, Super Bowl 37 championship quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Give a couple stats for Brad to pump him up a little bit. Brad was the first guy to ever catch his own touchdown pass that he completed to himself on a deflected pass back in 97 versus Carolina. Talk about that play. I know you weren't a big runner. How surprised and all that unfolded in your mind, You and, you, and the ball ends up in your hands after you throw the ball. Yeah, we were, I was playing with the uh, Minnesota Vikings. We were playing against the Carolina Panthers up in Minnesota. We're on the three-yard line. The play is called far left slot. Spear ripped Dallas. Basically, it was a stick-flat <laughs> route. Uh, to my left, I dropped back, I threw it, the ball got deflected to me. I knew that I couldn't throw it twice. Usually you're taught uh, two forward passes in a row. Usually you're taught to bat the ball down, or or if you catch it, you're actually losing yardage. Right. But I knew if I caught it, and, um, and if I got tackled, we were still in field goal range. So it worked, I caught it, and then it was one of them run for us, run uh, <laughs> kind of plays. And uh, dove into the end zone, didn't know what it was. And um, after the game, somebody called me and says, a touchdown pass, touchdown catch. Johnson and Johnson for a touchdown, won an SB award yeah, for man. play of the year. So it was That's a pretty it. cool play. It might have been from the four-yard line. or might have been one yard short. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. All right, talk about, talk about playing for offensive-minded head coaches versus defensive-minded. You played for Coach Dungy. You played for Billick. You played for Dennis Green, different, John Gruden. Talk about the the philosophy and just the aggressiveness or lack thereof sometimes when you play for an offensive guy versus a defensive-minded head coach. Well, and also from the general manager part of it too now, like there's only they, – they have this thing called salary cap, okay? <laughs> so, where, where, you know, they say, where's the money at? Yeah, Where's the money at? Like is it on the defensive side of the ball or is it on the That's offensive side too. of the ball? So, let's let's be real about that. Yeah, And let's be real. Are you playing on AstroTurf? Are you playing indoors? Like how are you building your team? Those are big deals. And then practice schedules are different. Um, you know, offensive coach, you know, you're, you're usually you're meeting – as a quarterback, you're meeting with that coach. Um, with Gruden, he was the head coach, so I was with him at all times. He's the coordinator, and he was everything. You know, with Brian Billick, he was the coordinator, uh, but he wasn't head coach. So I didn't really spend a lot of time with Danny Green. With Tony Dungy, 
uh, didn't really spend a lot of time with him in meeting times, but he was very – he knew what was going on with the game plan. He knew everything that was going to be called. Uh, but, you know, things are different from a defensive philosophy than head coach and offensively. So you just got to learn to deal with both. But both can win. And you can change stats or whoever they are. It's the flavor of the month or flavor of the year of who's winning. Right. Different ways to do it. And uh, but both can be successful. So I didn't mind. I what I what I what I was grateful for was playing for great coaches. I played right. for Wade Phillips in Dallas. He was an awesome head coach. And so I, I think the the other part about being a head coach is your schedule. Like how's your training camp schedule? How's your bye week schedule? How's your short week schedule with a Thursday night game or a Monday night game or a Thanksgiving day game? So the schedule is key to all those kind of things. And I thought. Uh, Wade Phillips, Tony Dungy, John Gruden, Denny Green, Brian Billick, they were all very strategic and very organized as far as the schedule went. That's uh, keeping guys fresh and then knowing when to push them off at the same time. And you make a great point about the, about the GM because in Tampa it was a defensive – The most of the money was on the defense. When you were in Minnesota, you had Chris Carter, you, all Robert Smith and all those guys. I mean, a lot of the money was on the offensive side. And you saw that, you know, and that's that for the quarterback – they don't give a damn. They want you. You got to deal with it both ways, no matter what the situation is. So that's the challenge. Yeah, of, yeah no, no doubt about it. I mean, it's, it's like it's a free agent. You know, you got free agents. You got so much on the salary cap. How we who are we picking? And you know, say the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. You know, Aaron Rodgers. He's been dealing with this for a long time. You know what I mean, who who we who we drafted? Who we bring in as as free agent players? And so that that's a big deal. Philosophy. You know, these owners, they hire these head coaches. That's a big deal. What's their philosophy with the salary cap? What's their big deal for, uh, you know, the kind of players that they need on the roster, special teams players, all the, right. all the above. So it's a lot more than just, you know, calling a play on in the red zone for, That's you know, right. for a touchdown or not, you know. Quarter, quarterback play-wise, what do you think? Do you think the biggest thing that lacks from the college kid to the pro kid is their ability to – the freedom that they're given to audible things like that where college a lot of these plays are one and two word plays where in the nfl you you re you read off a play it's seven or eight words is one play talk about that learning curve of learning the language of the nfl no doubt about it i mean when you yeah you know, from side you know, in college you go out there and you you look at your center then all of a sudden you look over there to your coach and then you look <laughs> back and you clap your hands you know what i mean right and like we talked about earlier like you get you know Big boy ball, you got to be able to call a play in the huddle. You shift screen left west, that short spire two, wiping as the overheads up at 359 smoke. Like, call the play and mean it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and so, and then be able to audible off of it. You know what I mean? Those are the things and be able to think without being told what to do from the sidelines. So, you better understand protections. Protection is a big thing. You better understand how to get through your progressions. You better know how to protect the ball and be a game manager, throw it away, punt. Right. And then score in critical situations. Like people want to hear that, but that's that's the greatness of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and take the shots when they're there. And then, you know, that ball, that ball matters at some point, you know? So, but you got to be able to, that's the difference between college and pro, uh, your ability to think, your ability to talk, communicate, and then just play. Every every play, you don't get you know, I laugh when I see these, you know, kids throwing nine touchdowns in high school or seven in the game, like that ain't real football, man. I don't, I don't count it. I don't count it. You know, pro, pro football, you're gonna get 10, 11 possessions. Ball's gonna it's gonna come down usually to a to a four minute drive, a two minute drive at the end of the game. And uh -huh. can you seal the game? Do you have a game winning kicker in there? Can you? I mean, what's it gonna take? Those are it's a the games are gonna be tight. 
and you know, everybody's great. So be careful. Um, you know, just looking at stats sometimes of you know guys don't you know the, the easiness of games. Guys playing from high school to college and college to pro, know what adversity they've been through, and then can they go through the protections and progressions as a player? Cool. All right, we're gonna let Brad get out of here on the Powers on Sports podcast. I got to throw one more stat out. That's a tremendous quarterback stat, Brad. That Brad is the one the only guy that's ever done it. 13 straight years of 60-plus percentage rate, and that goes back to accuracy, managing the game, knowing where the ball needs to go, when it needs to go there. So that's an unbelievable stat, Brad. Great job on the Powers on Sports podcast. Enjoy Stark Vegas, you and Max and the family. Good luck to the Aggies, and we'll be right back on the Powers on Sports podcast. Are you in the market for a new home as we enter the fall? First-time home buyer, you want to upsize or downsize your current living situation? Reach out to Titan Home Lending for all of your home lending needs. If you need an FHA, VA, conventional, jumbo, or even a bank statement loan, Titan is the place to help you. We will work with whatever financial situation you are dealing with. Again, from Key West to Pensacola to Orlando to everywhere in between, Titan Home Lending is your home lending source in the state of Florida. Reach out to Jason Powers, 205 790 1404. Are you ready to profit this NFL and college football season? Do you need picks to profit with your sports gambling outlet? Reach out to Picks to Profit at 813 542 7559. One flat monthly fee of $100. No more, no less. You will receive six picks every week of the college football and NFL season. Point spreads, totals, prop plays, teasers, maybe even a parlay. You'll get all six picks emailed and texted straight to your mobile device on game day. Let us do the work while you profit. Picks to profit, 813-542-7559. All right, welcome back to the Coach and the Kicker segment. We are about a third of the way through the college football season. It's going pretty fast. And Coach Levitt's back with us for another week. Welcome back, Coach. All right, it's good to be back. Let's go to work. Yeah, I know. Can you believe we're already at the th- we're already four games in for a lot of places. We're getting there. We're getting to the midpoint. We're getting really to see who's which teams really getting to be a good team and which teams are kind of floundering. And that that uh, that's that 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 narrative is is just as good in the state of Florida as it is all over the country. We had some, you know, we have Miami who was off to a great start and they've lost a couple. Florida's up and down. Florida State starting to rise a little bit. You know, USF's going up and down a little bit, so we're gonna we're gonna knock around all the go all around the state of Florida with you, Coach. First thing I want to ask you: I know you were at the Bucks game yesterday as a fan. You were at the Bucks Green Bay. How 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 is it for you to be a fan at a game like that? Uh, different. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I mean, I I bought tickets up in the uh, nest. Uh, what do they call that news news section? And okay. Uh, you know, I bought it uh, for my girls and, you know, um, you know, so it's just, it's a little different being out there and seeing it like that, but the people all around us were great. You know, it was fun, fun atmosphere. They had 69,000, yeah. you know, it's the largest crowd ever because they have all that new seating. And uh, I can remember back in our, our West Virginia game when I was in South Florida, we would have filled that whole thing right? as we had all that, all those seats because it was such a, Big game. I, I was kind of thinking about that. I was looking at the 69,000 thinking, my gosh, I wonder if we could have gotten that many, uh, you know, back in the day. But 
uh, it was great. It was fun because, you know, I'd faced as a coach, I'd faced uh, Rogers four times. We were fortunate. Uh, Jim Harbaugh was our head coach and uh, Vic Fangio, our D coordinator. We were 4-0 against Rogers, but boy, he's a great quarterback. And we beat Green Bay all those times. And one of the games was in the so cold up in Green Bay. And then the one time we faced uh, Brady, it was in New England, uh, very cold, very rainy. And we were beating them really bad. And then Brady got hot in the second half, came all the way back to almost beat us. Uh, so we end up winning that game too. So five and zero against those quarterbacks. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at JPO Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.